Hello, people of the world, and welcome to today's episode of the Unity Project podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, the Unity Project podcast is one about the relationships that we have with our bodies. Today, I had the honor of interviewing someone who is now such an incredible Oh, such an incredible friend. I said at the end of the podcast that I felt like I just made a new friend at the end of the conversation. It was so good and healing and oh my goodness, it's so crazy, which I also say in the interview, but it's it's crazy to think about like you say you meet someone kind of through the internet that you've never had a conversation with in real life. You just figured out who they were and then all of a sudden you're recording a podcast talking about your biggest fears and feelings in life as your first conversation ever and then putting it up on the internet for everyone to listen to like that's such a concept it's such a concept like I I imagine telling myself that or telling someone back 50 years ago that that's what we do now and then being like what the hell (laughs) it's so fascinating but anyway Today I got to interview Kai Plants. Kai is oh my gosh such a kind wise human being. Kai is a podcaster, a writer, an artist, and all these things. He's such a deep feeling person, which is such a gift, such a gift and a superpower. And uh, Kai talked a lot about emotional, emotional intelligence, emotion phobia, what it's like being raised, um, I guess with toxic masculinity around so much what that looks like the concept of trying to like shove down your emotions and hide them and not feel them and the things that we do in order to make that happen like we kind of related it a lot to like sitting on a beach ball in a pool trying to keep the beach ball below the water the beach ball is like your feelings like trying to keep them down not wanting that beach ball to come up for air. But then it's so beautiful because after that, we talked through what it looked like to let those emotions be seen and be felt. And then what it looks like to feel them and the journey that that is. And then being held in that by another person is just such a beautiful thing. And it makes life so much more colorful and vibrant and pure and meaningful that was so so much fun to talk to kai about kai also has a podcast called feeling weird so please if you enjoy this conversation don't forget to go check that out all the links will be in the description box below but anyway uh yeah i hope that you enjoy You guys, I am so stoked to tell you about a new brand that I have partnered up with called Miji. Miji's are so good. I am obsessed with skincare and Miji's are an incredible part of my skincare routine now. They are actually, they look kind of like a vibrator, but I promise you it's not a vibrator. It does vibrate, but it goes on your face. Uh, So Miji's are so cool. They're made out of silicone and recycled plastic. They work by getting underneath the surface of your skin where acne and impurities all form. They do that by using sonic pulses and hundreds of silicone bristles. And you put your cleanser on and you just do what you would do with your hands washing your face, but you do it with this Miji instead. It's so good. It cleans your face. It makes it feel so soft. It fights against impurities, acne, and it doesn't stop there, which is what really caught my eye about this company. I've been very, very into ethical and sustainable brands lately and learning about 
parts and ways that I can play into making this planet better, into helping stop the plastic cycle. And Miji has proven to be such an important part of that process because what they do is every Miji that is purchased saves 100 plastic bottles out of the ocean. And it doesn't stop there. Actually, what they do on top of that is they partner up with this organization called Plastic Bank that employs people in impoverished areas. So in areas that people really need jobs, it employs them to become plastic collectors to get more plastic out of the ocean. And it pays them more than a living wage so that they are able to build financial stability and a good life for themselves and for their families. I, I have not been able to shut up about this company to my my girlfriend. You can ask Kaylee herself. I've been talking about Meiji's so much because not only is it incredible for your face, but it is incredible for the planet. And then it helps people who need help get jobs. So it helps the economy and it helps them by not just giving them minimum wage, but it helps them live a full life. And not just for doing anything, but for saving the planet too like that just it's so good it's so good you guys please go check out this company they are doing really big things and if you use my code jackie g then you could get 20 percent off i highly recommend amiji even if it's just for the purpose of adding something to your skincare routine because i don't know when i kind of like what caught my eye first about it is what they said about using your hands to wash your face and how that just is kind of unsanitary because our hands touch everything. And even if we wash them, like using our hands to scrub our face, I don't know, something's off about it. So the concept of using something that is intended to clean so well on our face is incredible. So even if it's just for that purpose, but hopefully not for just that purpose, because let's save the planet, you guys. I really care and uh, I want us all to care. Oh my goodness. Go check it out. Link is in the description box. Use my code Jackie G. Get that discount. Get that Miji. And yeah, enjoy. Guy, how's it going? <laughs> I snuck up on you. <laughs> That's it just got me with the recording. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I feel scared. And, oh, yeah? And also excited and happy. There's like all sorts of things happening right now, but it's like a little, I can feel it in my body, like especially in my chest. It's just like, oh. Oh my gosh, that sounds very relatable. Why why do you think all the or where do you think all the feelings come from for this? Uh I think yeah, just talking to a new person um and then the the chance of some person out there listening to it in some kind of future scenario is uh, is kind of like that added strangeness if mm. that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a crazy it's a crazy idea. Like I I'm wondering like how we would have thought about this decades ago if we were all around about like talking to some random person that they just kind of met on an internet type thing and now we're posting a our first conversation yeah. <laughs> on the internet as well. It's such a concept. It really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm and like, I mean, oh. I I love it. It's oh, so yeah. it's such an interesting way to like experience the world and at the same time like 
what a weird world. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Kai, Kai, where are you from? I don't think I even know like the basics. Where do you live? Well, I live uh, in very rural Nova Scotia, Canada, but oh, I'm, wow. I'm from the other coast. Uh, I, I, yeah, I live, I moved here in the pandemic and, uh, I'm loving it, but it's a strange place. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Why the move over there for the pandemic? Um, uh, long story short, just to like be able to live, <laughs> to live my life. Cause it, where I was living was really, 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 really expensive. And Oof. so over here in rural Nova Scotia, it's really cheap. So uh, that that, makes sense. that's what it came for. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. That's cool. Canada is awesome. I, um, we're about to head up North. Me and my girlfriend are renovating an RV and we're trying to drive up, uh, to Vancouver, which is the other side. Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia yeah, is on yeah. the Atlantic yeah. side, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But we're so excited cause, oh, it's so pretty up there. Well, Kai, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I was watching some of your, your Instagram videos, the, the past three that you just posted about your experience uh, with emotions and how you feel them in your body. And it sounds so perfect for what I want to talk about on this podcast. Cool. That's really cool to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so the question that I ask everyone at the beginning is to describe the relationship that you have with your body. Oh, my body, how I try to love it <laughs> mm. so deeply. Yeah, it's, it's been a, I don't even know how to put it into words, to be honest. It's like so complicated mm. and I am just for the first time in my life, really, and not in kind of like the fake it till you make it way, but like really, truly like learning to love myself and to love my body. And, and so my relationship with my body now is that of, I guess, kind of discovery and curiosity and like, oh, wow, this has been here the whole time. And like, why have I been hating it all of my life? Mm. And, uh, and yeah, and the pre my previous kind of experience relating to my body has been that of like trying to get out of it as much as possible, like at every moment, um, because I not only hated it, but hated, um, living, uh, in, in a body and being subjected to emotions and, um, experiences that were just like really challenging. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I was, while listening to your Instagram videos, you just talked a lot about, uh, I think you called it emotion phobia. And yeah, yeah like, what was that like growing up? Because, I mean, we talked briefly before hitting record about masculinity. And I have so many questions because I, I like to think that my dad raised me as if he was going to raise a little boy. And so I'm always mm. so, because he really wanted a boy. And so I was raised with a lot of similar, like, or I'm assuming similar, like, emotions are bad. You have to be tough. You can't feel. Don't be too sensitive. Don't be a little girl. Like, that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so I'm curious about, like, what what was your experience growing up, I guess, through the lens of, like, emotions? Like, what messages did you receive? Why did you not want to, I guess, be in your body? Like, where did that come from? Oh, that's such a... Such a good question, and like I, I wish I could 
I mean, I guess I'll try to answer it as best as I can. But yeah, the the family that I grew up in, um, it just doesn't doesn't understand emotions, doesn't understand trauma, um, didn't understand it when I was little, and so me being a person who has really experiences things really intensely and has really big emotions. Um, I just kind of learned to repress them and kind of punish myself for them. And, 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 and so those ways of responding to my emotions, uh, have just been so damaging, even though they, they came as kind of survival mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, man, I think I kind of like lost track of what, even what the question was. So I know you're good. You, okay. You want to re-ask it? Yeah. Yeah, I for sure. More in there. I asked like a very messy version of a question that's probably not as complicated as I made it, but basically just mm -hmm. like, what was your experience like, uh, growing up and like, what messages did you receive about emotions and your body and what it meant to be masculine or how you were taught to survive in the world. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. There's so much in it, so it's There's like hard so to... There's so much. Like, Here, we'll, yeah. we'll narrow it down. What was it like... What was your experience like growing up in regards to emotions? Okay. Yeah, so... Like, you know, when my mom... Like, still to this day, when my mom cries, she'll say sorry. She mm -hmm. apologizes for her for emotional outbursts. Um... I've seen my dad cry twice in my life, and and the last, the only, only those two times were only um, as like in my thirties. Uh, growing up, I never saw him cry. Um, my dad would um, kind of kind of freak out. <laughs> he would sh he would either shut down or he would like um, lash out if he was feeling triggered or, or feeling challenged. So like. I guess what I learned from my dad is to repress emotion and to um, to show anger, if anything. Mm. Uh, I, re I, I There's not too many memories I have of him really, like, truly being happy. Um, my mom, definitely a lot more of an emotional spectrum. But again, like, just really... Hmm... Yeah, scared of feeling, scared of feelings, and and really like both of them coming from a place of love and really wanting like no, I don't believe there's any part of them that that wanted to communicate these things, knowing like how deeply they would impact me, um, but they really did, especially just because I am a person who experiences uh, the world differently than I think either of them does. Like I have. Um, I, I, I experience my emotions in really intense ways and I kind of always have and I've always been really sensitive and really um, introspective and like curious and uh, I would say also being young I was really gentle and, and, and more like soft and I think my dad kind of saw that as like a threat and he tried to like kind of toughen, toughen me up and get that out of me mm. Um, so I, you know, there's so much there, but 
really I think the core of it is what I would call kind of emotion phobia and and that that damaged me in so many ways and uh, I, I re recognize it was unintentional but it really really hurt me yeah yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense when you say that your dad kind of saw your your softness as a or your emotion as a as a threat why do you think that is threatening to someone like mm -hmm. I'll be just your dad as an example yeah I don't I don't know like I've tried to kind of connect with him over that as I've gotten older like I've I've asked him why he didn't cry around me and he like honestly doesn't know I think this stuff is so deeply entrenched in him from his upbringing and, and from his life that he doesn't really question that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and maybe he didn't have um the the privilege of being able to question it like maybe there is some kind of like privilege in that for me I, I don't know um but either way like yeah yeah well how did you that sounds so difficult like how did you manage that like just as naturally a deeply feeling and emotional person growing up in a world where you're taught that that is bad and that is wrong like that's got to be such just this inner chaos what, what did that look like yeah. for you yeah like uh deep 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 shame kind of all my life just like I, there's something wrong with me there's something wrong with me like just really deeply held that belief and so that that kind of that kind of like affected me in many 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 ways but I, I would say that like a lot of my life has been spent kind of like trying to erase myself trying to like I guess in the hopes of fitting in with others like I've really tried to just like okay all of those parts of myself that I guess people don't like I have to erase them I have to like hide them as best as I can mm. and um, if anyone yourself included out, out there understands emotions it's like those those they don't go away they like I can't just push them down and then they are gone forever they <laughs> will continue coming up and so um, yeah it, that kind of like emotional repression and and mixed with the shame led to just like years and years and years and years and years of feeling like totally totally depressed and anxious and not being able to talk about it and you know having like getting yeah getting to the point where i'm like calling friends being like i think i'm gonna kill myself like i i don't i can't do this anymore and and then you know it got even worse from there but like that was those you know the the times when i wasn't even talking about it it was so 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 hard and it was so lonely to be experiencing all of this inside of myself and having an inability to talk about it like i really that's that's the part of of my growing up that i just that really hurt is that like i didn't know how to talk about it i didn't know how to communicate what was going on inside of me like i didn't know how to tell people about what i was experiencing so i just I just silenced myself and yeah and it really 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 hurt like I couldn't even put it into words how much it hurt mm. yeah that that is a whole 
battle, especially like you're saying, without having any kind of language to use to explain it. It feels so isolating and confusing. And, and if no one else around you is talking about it either, then it's like you're afraid you're the only one who's ever experienced this in your life. And it's totally. like, how and what and why and how do yeah. I live through this? My gosh. Yeah. That's why, like, when I found podcasts kind of in my late 20s, I was like, oh, shit. That really opened the door for me. And I think that's the main reason why I do a podcast now is because, like, I found such tremendous connection and healing from that at a, at a time when I couldn't really talk about what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of opened... a a gateway inside of myself to like begin to kind of talk to people about it. And it was like so monumental in my, in my healing journey. Mm. Yeah. I can imagine what, what kind of led to that? Like, did you kind of hit a point where you were like, okay, I need help. I need anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like going to, going to a, a doctor cause I thought I was having a heart attack and him being like, oh, no, you're having a panic attack. Like, that was kind of the first, my first brush with it. And that was probably when I was, like, 25. And, you know, he gave me Ativan and, like, you know, just take these when you feel anxious. <laughs> but I think that's, like, such a common experience for, for a lot of people. But I think especially for men, people who have been taught to repress their emotions and not talk about it, it comes up in physical ways. Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely it. But, like... Yeah, um, going to get, going to talk to another doctor to get that refill uh, again like a year or two later. And he was like, oh, I'm not giving you Ativan. Uh, Let me give you a depression test. And I was like, what? And, you know, I got 10 out of 10 on it. And I was laughing the whole time because that was like my coping strategy. But it it was like, that was so scary to have Mm -hmm. someone be like, oh, yeah, I think you're depressed. Here, take these antidepressants. And that was like the beginning of when I even started talking about it. And it was like, oh shit, I just felt so alone. Cause like the beginning, the beginning stage of like talking and opening up about my inner experience after like, you know, 28 years of hiding it away. It was like, it, it, it really felt like being put on an alien planet or something like like I just had no idea how to even begin, like where to begin. And uh, I wonder if other people have had that experience when they begin to kind of like open up parts of themselves that they've like literally repressed their entire lives. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's so relatable. Like, oh, I can just imagine going to the doctor thinking you're having a heart attack, like an actual like, this is what I think I'm having, then all of a sudden, He's like, no, you're having this thing called a panic attack. And then a year later, oh, you know, you have depression. Like, it's just kind of like the world gets ripped out under your feet for a second. Like, I guess my experience with something similar would be I, I was, I, I, so I grew up like super, super Christian and Mm -hmm. kind of led to believe that like depression is not a thing, which I don't know what your background is, but I'm sure you are. Yeah. And like none of that is real and they're just labels and all this stuff. And so I was telling a friend about this darkness that I'm feeling and I don't know what to call it. And I think something's weird and something's wrong. And like, I don't know what it is, but I always just want to die. And I don't know why. And then she asks me, she goes, Jackie, do you eat? 
And that's opened up this whole thing of like, oh, you have an eating disorder. And I was like, wait, what? No, uh. no, I just did that because of this. And then it was like this mind blowing fireworks of, oh my gosh, it's like now I have language for it, but that feels terrifying and isolating and like, yeah, it's a whole other battle once you realize what's going on. And like, I just have so much compassion for you there with like, oh, I have depression. What does that mean about me then? Did I yeah. do something wrong? Like, what, what did that feel like? Um, like, I, I can't put it into, I, can't, I couldn't say anything other than just like totally, like my world had been flipped upside down. Like, I really thought I could never talk about what was going on inside of me. And I'm still like, I'm like 35 now, and I'm still learning pretty much every single day that there's so much of my myself that I keep hidden. Mm. And I think it's directly linked to like the shame that I kind of grew up with and also being raised really, uh, I guess under like religious dogma and, and kind of like, I don't know, that's, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is, it's just like the early childhood kind of brainwashing or programming conditioning that like happens, especially under kind of like spiritual guises that like you know when, when kids aren't given the option of just like no this is what you believe like for whatever reason I mean that that shame that I've carried from like my my Christian upbringing is like it's so hard to shake mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah it's so internalized because it's like it just it's I have so much to say about just the shame and dogma from really toxic religious beliefs. It really can wreck someone up, man. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I, I heard a therapist tell me once how, like, when you're a kid, you don't look for what love is, but you take what you're given as love. Like, you, like, learn, mm. oh, that's love. So it's like if you grow up with parents that are really abusive or something, and you learn, like, okay, that's love. These are the rules. This is how you get love. And so if you're taught growing up, like, to be loved, like, by God and all this stuff, you need to do this, this, and this, and you can't feel that, then it's like you grow up and your body holds that and carries that and thinks, oh, well, that's true. So if I do any of that, if I think this way or feel this way or, God forbid, question a sexuality or, like, anything then it's like your whole body oh man it just like shuts down in a way because like yeah. you talk about fear a lot um you mentioned a lot in your videos about being like really afraid really yeah. afraid of like i think you mentioned like light and sound what do you know where that comes from i i really do not know like i i suspect i'm on the autism spectrum but i I don't know if that even for me necessarily like explains where it comes from. Mm -hmm. um, I I suspect it has something to do with the way that I was raised. I was just talking to my sister yesterday, and and uh, we ended up talking about like touch. And I was saying that like with my partner, I there's a lot of times that I really don't want to be touched, and so I figured out a way to like communicate that with her so I can. You know, so we can both get our needs met for touch. Like, if she needs touch and I can't give her touch, then we have some kind of way to um, meet in the middle where it feels safe for me and it feels safe for her. Mm. And I was telling my sister that, and she was like, whoa, weird. Like, I've, I can't remember if she said she'd never thought about that or if she'd never told anyone that, but 
she kind of experiences something similar where if someone wants to touch her, it's like a big, ah. And I don't think she has like the sensitivity to light and sound that I do. Um, but it's interesting that we both kind of have that because I mean, we both grew up in the same environment and you know, my hypothesis, I guess, is there's something to do with the way that we were raised there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, the, the fear, the fear is this thing that I'm really just like getting to know over the last couple of years, really just like getting, getting as curious as I can with it because it's so big and it really, really has like controlled my entire life. And I think another part of being raised male that really damaged me is, is just like that I was taught to pretend that I was just to toughen up and to not ever, 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 ever talk about being scared. And so because I did feel scared and, and there were some traumatizing experiences in my younger years, I just learned to toughen up and to kind of mask everything. And I kind of see my whole life as just one big performance and always trying to like figure out how to fit in and always trying to figure out what was like socially acceptable and like also just feeling very confused by like the way that people interact with each other like not understanding small talk like at all still have a hard time with it mm. um yeah I don't, I don't know if that answers that yeah oh no absolutely absolutely i'm trying to think like oh my gosh when you talk about fitting in and talk about trying to just trying to shove the emotions down I, it reminds me of how i talk about it like zipping up or putting on like a mask and creating like this persona that i think is acceptable by the world which for me looked like oh let's go out all the time and go out drinking and go out um, and just be funny in the life of the party. And then if that doesn't work, then, okay, I'll just starve myself. And if that doesn't work, I'll just go run. Like, I have to do something to try to manage and keep these emotions, like, hidden. Like, kind of like if you're, like, sitting on a beach ball in a pool and you're trying to keep it down there, but it keeps trying to come up and you keep, like, <laughs> trying to move. Like, what, what ways did you do that? Like, how did you, how do you keep the beach ball, I guess, under the water? Um... If that makes sense. Oh yeah, no, it makes it makes sense. It's just like, how do I list everything? <laughs> There's so many ways. Um, yeah, drinking, drinking was big in my earlier years. Like when I found alcohol, it was like, oh cool, I can, I like, I'm okay now. Yeah. I really am okay. And uh, you know, flash forward like ten years later, and then I'm like, oh, I don't know if I am okay. Shit. Um, Drinking, yeah, drugs, um, partying, um, binge eating, like crazy exercise. Uh, there was a while where I was like, I just get really obsessive about stuff. And especially if it's like something to do with like, oh, I can be better because of this. Like, oh, I'll like fix my life. And it, it, it's again, like I can see how that's directly connected to like a fear of emotion, which is the whole time my body was just like, hey, feel this, just feel this. And I'm like, nope, don't have time, sorry, can't do that. Too mm -hmm. scary. Um, like, yeah, so, so, so much addiction, so much, so much like really at the core of it, just really trying to like soothe mm -hmm. 
and really trying to like get the nurturing and the love that I needed um, mm-hmm. in ways that weren't actually very nurturing or loving, but like really doing my best. I really, I was trying so hard. Yeah. And now, now I guess I'm at a place where I'm like able to actually let love in most of the time. And, uh, well, that's a whole different ball game. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That's like, you were really, I don't know. It took me a long time to kind of transition from looking at like the drinking and the eating disorder and the over-exercising is like this, these bad choices that I made and to transition from seeing it from that to seeing it with so much compassion of like, Oh, that was my way of trying to survive that moment. And yeah. I was doing the best that I could. And it helps me because it helps for a while and it keeps yes. you alive for a while. Definitely. And it's kind of, it, it was trippy for me to think about that at first of like, Oh, I, I like, I felt so much shame because also, also like with the whole religious background, we were taught, again, I don't know your, your whole story, but we were taught like, you need to have some kind of testimony of like, I was so bad, but then mm-hmm. Jesus came. So now I'm saved and I'm good. <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah, it kind of was a way of giving me like. I guess more of a reason to shame my old self, my like quote old self and just make that look bad. And so I just shamed myself even more. So I had this testimony and so I had this like, I don't know. But then when, when I learned to be like, oh, those were keeping you alive till you found something that was more sustainable. Did you kind of experience anything like that? Hmm. Like, do you mean where... Hmm. Can you ex- can you explain what you mean? Because I maybe, but I don't. Yeah. Maybe I don't totally understand the question. No, absolutely. I mean, like, did it did it take you? Like, was there a process for you when coming to like like did you did you see did you feel shame over things like over exercising or addiction? Are you like fill in oh, the yeah. blank there and then kind yeah. of learn to see that with compassion of like, oh, I was doing the best I could. Like, did you have an experience like that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What I was mean, I, it's still kind of, it's still kind of happening. Like I'm still learning compassion for self. I'm still, I guess, yeah, like, like on the journey of, of of love and care and like really treating myself as the as the kind gentle person who needs love that I am and mm. huh, yeah yeah it's, yeah that was like that was a big light bulb moment for me in therapy cuz I would just bash on myself and bash on myself and think like that's what we're supposed to do because yeah probably you learned that yeah yeah (laughs) for sure and then all of a sudden it's like oh no like there's this whole thing called self-compassion and and when my therapist said that everything in my body just cringed like no yeah and it's like why like why do we feel so just guarded from that and i think you're right it's like what we were taught yeah, I I mean, yeah, I I, I had an th- experience with a therapist when I was like 21. Um, I I started seeing this therapist not because I wanted to, but because I had, like I said, called someone. I called my parents and was like, I I want to kill myself. And I was like 21, 
and I had witnessed this really traumatic event uh, like a month earlier and it just fucked me up and like I couldn't I couldn't hold I couldn't hold my emotions anymore I was just crying out of nowhere and I like didn't understand what was happening and my partner at the time her um mom was a counselor and so she and she was like a somatic experience uh therapist so she was really kind of like hip to uh, emotions and 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 the, the waves that roll through people and so here i was like like calling my parents in the middle of the night being like i'm gonna kill myself and then my mom comes and picks me up the next day from um, my girlfriend's house and she's like driving me to the psych ward. I'm like, I'm not going, you can't, you can't bring me there. No. Mm. She's like, she's I'll, like, I'll do anything. And she's like, okay, well you have to go see a therapist. And so I agreed. And so I, I started seeing this therapist and uh, I was like, <laughs> I wish I could see myself back then because I was so fucking scared mm. because suddenly she was talking about feelings and like asking me, how I felt and I was like what I've been telling the entire world that I'm okay all my life and now you actually want to know like what yeah and and there was this point where she was like you're really hard on yourself and that was the first time anyone had ever kind of like opened my eyes to that and it took me a long time to kind of realize that like a long time probably like over 10 years from that moment to like when I realized like shit I'm really hard on myself and so I'm still hard on myself and I'm still learning to like love myself. But that was definitely like kind of a mind bending moment where I was like, wait, what? Like the record scratching? Like I thought I was doing life normally. What are you talking about? <laughs> mm. Oh my gosh. That's like the veils lifted all of a sudden. Yeah. Wow. What did, I guess like, I'm trying to think of how to ask this question because you in your videos you, you were so good at explaining like I guess kind of like what you're saying now like the feeling what emotions what the experience of emotions are like you describe them as like waves coming through you and you talked about like the difference between reacting and sitting with them yeah I guess like what what did you do with those what did your body feel like if you can remember before you were able to like really acknowledge where they were and what they felt like like did you feel numb yeah. to your body or yeah totally totally numb totally disconnected totally uh tense just so tense and mm. still still tense like still i i mean i'm checking in right now and i'm i'm not that tense but i can feel i can still feel it like i can feel it in my tummy i can feel it in my shoulders and it's this tension that I walk around with that I've been walking around with my entire life. Um, yeah, so like it, it's taken me a really, really long time to, to get in touch with my emotions. And the first one that I really started exploring was my sadness. Mm. And so when I, I met my therapist like two years ago and for a year straight of counseling, I pretty much just cried because I had so much sadness that I hadn't expressed. And I would just, like the first session I had with her, I, I cried pretty much the entire time. And, I, and it was like, I would, I would laugh because that was my defense mechanism. And then I would cry and then I would laugh and then I would cry. And I'm sure the experience for her was just like, wow, you are like really not messed up, but like really like 
in a in a state like I had really my defense mechanisms were so intense and so yeah so crying was like really big and learning to just like let it happen and then the other one that was really big was shame just like what is this kind of like tension like pounding like crushing feeling in my my skull and my neck and like really like she was she just taught me to be curious about the sensations and up until that point you know I had heard on podcasts I'd heard in books or read in books like heard lectures that you know feel the feelings <laughs> I was like <laughs> really big into Buddhism and meditation for a long time and you know I I, I understood it all logically totally like if only logic had, could get me there, but it didn't because I had to actually feel it. Mm -hmm. And it's a totally different experience. And, and I could have never, like, I, I guess that's why I feel critical of the kind of like fake it till you make it thing because, and maybe in some ways it, it, that really works, but for me it didn't. I really needed to like get to this point where I actually just couldn't keep running and I had to just be like, okay, I surrender. And it really, really took that kind of those like rock bottom moments of like, fuck, I am just doing the same thing over and over again and ending up in the same spot. I don't want to end up in the psych ward again. I don't want to like, I don't want this to keep happening. I want to like, is it possible to maybe feel like I like life? <laughs> and then, you know, flash forward three and a half years later and I, I actually love genuinely love being alive wow. um, and to me that's the power of like learning to experience and to sit with emotion yeah. because it, it wasn't a logical thing for me oh wow you're painting such an important picture here of just what the process of I guess stepping into your body looks like hmm. and Oh, I don't know. There's just something so, so helpful in the way that you're telling the story because it's like, like, I feel like I could just like see it with you. Like you shoving all the emotions down, feeling really tense, like, like how you talk about what that felt like in your body. Like, it's just so important how you're talking about it. And I want people to like really, really see that of like, what that looked like and what that resulted in like wanting to die wanting to escape wanting to numb all this stuff to keep that uh, I guess just going back to the beach ball analogy like to keep that beach ball down because like genuinely in, in your mind or in my mind or any of our minds like we think like the key to survive is to keep the beach ball beneath the water. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden you're told, no, that's actually not how it works. Like you want to feel the things you want to let it up. You want to like notice what's going on and you want to cry and you want to just feel it. And then on the other side of that, like you don't explode, like everything's okay. Everything's actually more beautiful because <laughs> you're like letting it happen. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's just, that's so special. And I know that that journey is, oh, it's so hard. Like, what did that, mm -hmm. what did the middle process, I guess, look like for you to get from like that, the first beginnings of therapy where you're crying and you're laughing and you're feeling shame to now where you say that you like love being alive? Like, what did the work in between look like? Oh, it's just like, 
so so painful and so confusing and then so empowering like it really has been a kind of a mix of everything um and only within the last two years have i really experienced what i would consider healing although i i guess the whole journey is just as like every step has been important for me um it's just it's like I guess since I yeah so I since I met my recent therapist which was like two years ago that has been the biggest shift in my life and and before that like I mean there would be points where I I would like text my friend at 5 a.m and like like I'm addicted to (laughs) x and I can't stop Mm. Like, I don't mean ecstasy. I'm just saying X as, like, yeah. you know, put whatever it is, whether that's, like, binge eating or drugs or alcohol. Like, there were points where I really just felt so totally hopeless and, like, lost. And and really, like, yeah, I mean, tried to kill myself multiple times and just really just, like, so desperately wanted to not exist anymore. And... It's not because I didn't, it's not because I hated people or I hated the world. It's just like, I didn't know how to exist in it with like the way that I was. Like, I I just spent my whole life trying to, like I said, like erase myself because those, those feelings that were inside of me were so big and I was taught that they were so wrong and uh like again i just like i could i can't emphasize how how damaging that was for me and i i don't know how to i don't know how to like really frame that kind of the journey um i mean there's so many things that have happened but but really it's just been like very very challenging and very lonely up until i guess i i met my partner and i met my therapist around the same time so like <laughs> that was like just such almost like a gift i would say like the the two those two people have really um taught me how to love taught me how to love myself taught me how to like that 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 touch can be safe and that love can be safe it can feel safe in my body Mm. um because up until then, I truly did not trust that I was safe with other people. Like, I, I really believed that everyone would, wanted to hurt me or, like, wanted, would hurt me eventually. Uh, and, like, living with that kind of, like, fear was so exhausting and painful. And it was just, like, a constant performance. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's so special to talk about, like, meeting your your partner at such an important time of like your healing because so there's just there's so much to be said about um attachment theory for example and like Mm -hmm. what healthy relationships in the process of healing can do for your healing because so much of our trauma and the way we view life and the way we view ourselves our bodies our emotions is i'm sure you know like all about 
or like through relationships, like how we were raised yeah. or the people we were around. And so having someone to stand by us, because I have a similar thing with my partner right now, and it's it's insanely different than when you're doing it by yourself because mm-hmm. you're like, it's like you're learning by experiencing it versus learning like, totally. like you, in your mind. It's like you're saying, oh, if I show these emotions if I really let myself be seen this person's experiencing it with me and they're not going anywhere and they're loving me and we're still okay and they're still celebrating me and it's crazy mm-hmm. it's so cool yeah and until until I had actually felt it and experienced it I would have never known that it was possible like that's that's why I don't think that those kind of things can be intellectually like that to me there's not much intellectual healing that I've experienced. I mean, I love the intellect side of it and I love learning about emotions and and theories and psychology. And at the same time, like <laughs> it, that that was only like a, the gateway to like actually being able to experience it and feel it because in my judgment, it's all, like you said, relational. And in relational, it's like collective experiencing of emotions. It's it's processing together, co-regulating, and it's learning to learning to identify my needs and learning to ask for my needs and learning to meet my partner's needs and and really listen and and to really like nurture and all these all these things that I never was taught, never learned. And but the, but like you said, like the the it's so incredible. Like like I yeah, I guess for someone who hasn't experienced it, it would be impossible to even put into words, but it's like truly like life-changing to have someone really along for that journey with me and, and to really be able to like experience being held like just as I am. Mhm. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's like I don't do, do you like uh Glennon Doyle at all? Or do you know who that is? I know the name, but I I can't picture what that what okay. that means. She is a an author and speaker. You actually everything you might love her. She wrote the book Untamed and she's all about this stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, she she talks about uh the experience of being held and free and kind of how those two very like you have to have both you have to be able to be completely held and completely free at the same time because like being held without being free isn't love it's i'm holding you but you have to be in the specific way and then you're just shoving the beach ball down again yeah and you can you could be completely free but there's something about being held and free at the same time that just changes everything because it's like oh all of me is perfect like there's totally. not like a bit of me that's too much. Like I can be as big and as emotional and cry as loud and often as I need. And this person is still holding me. And it's so, oh, it's so good. I'm like, oh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yes. That, that, that for me, that brings up the idea of agency, which I think of a lot uh, in my own life and in relationships. It's like, I don't know why that wasn't taught to me, but agency is so important for me. Like to know that I, 
not, it's not even about control. It's just that I like kind of have the final say in my body mm. and, and in relationship, I just have found that so important. And so when you say free and also held to me, I guess what that says is like how important it is to know that I have agency that like, just because I'm in a partnership doesn't mean I have to, um, push past my boundaries or, or, uh, do things that like literally feel unsafe that I think that like real support is, is, is believing that the other person's needs are just as important as mine. And the only way that either of us can really feel safe is for both of our needs to be met. And, uh, a need is not a, a necessarily even like a good or a bad thing. It just is just like an emotion. Yeah. How does that land? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's really special. Especially like you were talking a little bit more in your in your video about how when you're able to sit with your own emotions and name your own emotions, then you're able to sit with someone else's emotions and name their emotions and like you can hold your fear and care for your fear so that now you can also hold someone else's fear and care for their fear and it's just like I love how you say there's there's no like moral value of it like good or bad it just is mm -hmm. there was a really big process of learning to think about uh food so I was in I was in treatment for a eating disorder last year for around like four months and a lot of the things that they talked about was um people placing uh moral value on food or on bodies like thin is good and fat is bad or like a cupcake is like bad and a salad is good when it's like there's no moral value on any of those things they just like oh like a cupcake is a cupcake and here's what it does mm -hmm. for your body and a salad is a salad and these are the things the salad does for your body and it just like they're just parts of life they're not meant to be shamed mm -hmm. and so if you're able to look at your emotions and your needs that way too and it's just like I need to be held okay or I need to be left alone like okay cool mm -hmm. like that's just it's just facts yeah it's totally. super freeing yeah and it's like when I can let go of the judgment of those things which isn't all it's definitely not all the time like you know a lot of the time I'm just like how dare I <laughs> how dare I need this or how dare <laughs> I feel this I don't have time for this. I'm in a rush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in like, a rush. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so like silly. I, I guess where I'm at in life now is just like realizing how absurd <laughs> being alive is and like mm. how absurd just like the whole human created world is. It's just like as I'm doing my taxes here, I'm just like, what am I even doing? This is so weird. Like, <laughs> I'm just this emotional feeling orb thing and then I'm going around punching numbers in and like <laughs> what even is this? <laughs> oh my gosh. Tell me about it. Oh, life is so weird. I don't know why, but that reminded mm -hmm. me, have you seen the movie Soul, the new Disney Pixar one? No, but oh tell my me gosh, more. you gotta watch it. It it just came out on I think it came out last Christmas Day or something. It's on if you have Disney Plus, uh, it's on there. But it's so good. It's a Pixar movie. It's kind of hard to explain, and I don't really want to give any of it away. But it gets really into this like purpose of life and like what am I even doing? And 
but from a very like Disney perspective. So it's really like sweet and cute, but also like the deepest thing in the world. You should check it out for oh, sure. I love that. Cool. Yeah. I will. I lo- yeah. That's right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's funny too. So definitely, definitely go watch that. Um, bring but yeah. Pants. <laughs> yes. Bring the laughing pants and all your feelings and all your tissues. Bring all of it, <laughs> all of it to the couch and watch that movie. But so tell me, so you have your podcast called feeling weird. Yes. Um, tell me about kind of how that started. I, I was reading in your about that it kind of, uh, you called it like a healing lily pad, or I might be quoting you wrong, but I, like, I think, it, um, I think I might've said a lily pad of safety, a lily pad of safety. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wrote that a long time ago. And uh, either one, it sounds perfect. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not, a. I don't have a publicist and I'm not good at, um, talking about myself or what I do, but, um, I do really love the podcast, at least right now, and I go through periods where I really hate it, Um, but overall, I really just love connecting with people, and I really love talking about emotions, and um, and just, like, really deeply connecting with people, like, connecting with heart, not, like, all this logic stuff that I don't necessarily always, like, I'm just, like, a really deep feeler, and I love um exploring that i guess in audio form and i've never really found an art medium or or just like a medium in general that could really truly express everything that i am experiencing or feeling um but for whatever reason podcast seems to be sometimes the closest i can get to that and uh yeah so i really love it it's 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 a i guess probably similar in nature to this it's like just talking about feelings, talking about experiences, talking about like how hard it is to exist in this um, reality, like having a body, having needs, having uh, desires, having uh, so many challenges, all of this stuff. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that sounds so cool. I feel like I've had a, a somewhat similar experience with the development of mine of like, it's just this space to be able to, say truth and share your heart and be met on the other side of that and strangely a a very public way which but which Mm -hmm. makes it even more freeing in a sense like I don't know what it was I was thinking about this earlier and I've never really really fully thought about this but when we first started talking on here I was like here's this person that I I barely know anything about who lives on the complete other side of the continent a different country and we're just getting on this this internet thing and just totally dive in and deep and then we're mm-hmm. going to post it public like it's like it's just this podcast like what is that even it's so special mm-hmm. like that's so special to be able to meet someone and, and like you're saying about like the small talk before like just brush past that and just be like hey what makes you like a person mm-hmm. let's talk about that and yeah. to just be met with that same energy on the other side is so cool Oh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh. I really feel you on that. And, oh, yeah. And especially now that I live in a re- really rural place, as opposed to a city, there's... It's not that it's... N- it, it's not that it's not accessible, but there's more of a guard on people, I notice. Or, I just really, like, I want to talk about this stuff with everyone, and I don't know how to do it in my everyday life. So having a podcast and having like connections like this is, 
in a lot of ways, like kind of a, I guess that lily pad of safety. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, okay, I'm not alone. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. So, so cool. And a lily pad of safety is a perfect way of explaining it. We'll all just hang out on the lily pad once a week. <laughs> but listen, Kai, I have, I have two more questions for you. Is that cool? Yes. Okay. My first question for you is... Um, Oh, man, this might turn into three. Oh, no. But (laughs) (laughs) my first three part question is (laughs) my first three part, my my fourth three part, five part question. No, Um, I guess there's two ways of asking this. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm like thinking out loud right now. Um, Okay. I'm here for all of it. There you go. I'll ask in both ways and you tell me which one makes more sense. Okay. Uh, So the first way of asking it would be like, when you were a kid, what did you need to hear? And how do you feel like you needed to be, I guess, emotionally cared about or taken care of in order for you to feel the safety that you feel now? Then that's one way of asking it. And then the other way is like, if you were raising a kid, how would you want to love that kid or teach that kid or just kind of like connect in a way that shows them that it is safe to feel and it is safe to be however big or small or whatever they need to be in different areas like what does that make sense yeah totally okay um i think in a lot of ways i am raising a kid (laughs) and it's (laughs) it's myself I I was like oh no does he have a kid I don't even know (laughs) no it's like just 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 really being able to be present for my younger self that kind of had to hide away parts um what I needed to hear was all the things that I'm learning now that it's okay to feel that you know your feelings aren't too big there's there's no such thing as too big and that if you need help feeling them like if it's too scary like I'm here I'll help I'm not scared of your feelings I love you and and just like to really I guess but yeah like on 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 my days when I'm really the most in touch with love is like I'm totally able to do that for myself and I'm able to sit with it all and um Yeah, it's really, it's kind of trippy to realize that, like, there is a younger me inside of me as, like, an adult. That there is, there are so many parts of myself that got really neglected growing up. Mm. And, um, and I'm learning to, to, to meet those needs and to, like, let the love in. And, and I think when I'm feeling really, really scared and I can't sit with my feelings, then sometimes my partner will help me and she'll like send love my way. And that's, I guess, kind of what I was saying is that like, if you need help feeling them, I'm here for you. Because like you said earlier, it's like when I can sit with my feelings, I don't feel scared of yours. 
because I know what my fear looks like and I know what my sadness looks like and I know what my joy looks like. I know what they all feel like inside my body. And they're no longer scary, they're just emotions. And they're these, they're, there's these waves that roll through me. And, and like you said, it's, like, it's not good or bad, they're just, they're just feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow, that's so cool. It's kind of like when you're, when you're talking to someone or you meet someone and you can just tell they've done work, like internal work, just by the way they're responsive to you and mm-hmm. just can just the safety you feel around them. Like you can just tell like, oh, you've, you've looked inwards, you know about your feelings. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I can totally show up right now. It's so special. That's like, I don't know. It, it's so, it's fascinating to me because when I originally wanted to make this podcast, uh, it was a long time ago, and I knew I wanted it to be called The Unity Project, but at first I thought it was going to be this, like, I guess, uh, more of like a bigger picture of, like, world unity, like, how are we all together and all the same? We're all different, but we're all the same, and how do we celebrate that? And it kind of, like, I wanted to do that before I got really into my own work of, like, oh, here are my actual problems, and once I went through treatment is when I realized like oh no we got to start way closer in like way smaller like how do I connect and be there for myself and how do I like I myself have unity and then I'm able to like give other people that same safety and space too and like that's how we heal the world (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. lack of better words that's so cool that just Oh, Kai, this is so much fun. I loved talking to you so much. Aw, thanks, Jackie. That's <laughs> yeah. so nice to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. I have, I have one more question for you, and it has nothing to do with anything we've said. Is that cool with you? Yeah, cool. Okay. All right, let's see. Now, I normally make these up as I go along. So bear with me here. <laughs> cool. I like this. It's like improv. <laughs> yes, it is. Absolutely. I used to prepare and now I'm like, it's more fun to just see what comes out of my mouth. So totally, yeah, <laughs> we'll find out. That. Okay. Uh, Kai, would you rather um, every Monday and Tuesday <laughs> for the rest of your life, you can't talk or do things but a little hamster is walking around with you like communicating to people for you like you just kind of think it's like mental telepathy whatever you're thinking you want to happen the hamster's going to do it like if you want to make some pancakes you walk over with the hamster and the hamster does it if you want to go talk to this person across the street and ask them what their favorite color is the hamster is going to go over there and like be on your shoulder doing it for you but only on mondays and tuesdays Uh um or or would you rather <sighs> Okay, I'm going to bring back the second half of one of my favorite of these questions. Or would you rather every Saturday night approximately at 8 p.m. this little boy comes and meets you where you are. Now, this could be you doing anything. You could be uh, on a date with your partner. You could be at work. You could be out getting dinner. Just whatever you're doing. Uh, this little, this little, did I age him already? Did I say he was six? I don't think so, no. Okay, he's six. <laughs> this okay. little six, it matters. 
This six-year-old boy comes and meets you where you are, the same one, every Saturday night for the rest of your life, and he has all of the tools to play you in a game of checkers. And he will win every single time, and he will be an absolute jerk about it. And you just have to, like, you can try as hard as you can, but he will always beat you at checkers. (laughs) And you'll watch him grow up, and he'll always be a jerk. And just every Saturday for the rest of your life, you and this kid, as he ages, as you age, you're just going to play checkers, and you're going to (laughs) lose every time. (laughs) I love this. Yes. (laughs) What, What sounds more appealing to you? This has to be a trick question, right? No, I'm just I'm just letting stuff happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, they both sound pretty great. I'm oh, not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, like I mean, on paper, the first one obviously sounds better because then I don't have to do stuff, and this little hamster will do stuff for me. That sounds really nice. Yeah, it'd be kind of amusing too. Yeah, like I mean, there's all sorts. Like I hate phone calls like I hate making phone calls I hate doing my taxes like all of that stuff if the hamster did that for me oh like my life would be a lot easier for mm-hmm. sure however this little kid you know there's something kind of special about growing up or like watching that that little person grow up and even if he is a really big jerk I think what I know about myself is that when I was a really big jerk, it was because I was feeling so, so scared because the world seems so, so scary. So I think I have a really, a real soft spot for anyone uh, who's like that. So like, I I feel like some tears in my eyes as I think about this kid who's a jerk to me. And I just like, I just want to like be there and just be like, Hey, I see you, even though you're mean to me, I see you (laughs) and I love you. Oh my gosh. Do I have to pick though? I mean, technically, no. You get to do whatever you want. But if you had a choice, I would I would love to hear it. And it's not a trick question? No. I mean, okay. I will admit, I've used the second part of this question before in a different context. Instead of checkers, it was hangman. And instead of Saturday, it was Sunday. But oh. same. Other than that, there's no, there's no prior thoughts about this at all okay so but in your mind you think those are kind of equal scenarios i don't know honestly i know that would you rather should be equal but i kind of just i don't know if i'm doing it right (laughs) i've asked some pretty interesting questions before i think they're just two really random things that could happen to somebody I really appreciate this. It's so funny and weird and just like, oh, I love it. Oh, good. I'm glad it's bringing you joy because I love it too. It really just like connects with the like the joyful little child inside of me that's like, yeah, life's funny. Like, <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, we just like went in deep, so we got to do something light at the end. <laughs> Bring us back a little bit. Oh, it's so nice to just like laugh about this. <laughs> um I, I, if I'm being honest, oh, it's so hard to pick. I, I, mm-hmm. I think the hamster doing stuff for me, it would be really nice. Uh, oh, but that kid, I, I think I got to pick the kid. Yeah. Yeah, I just got to love that kid. That kid needs love. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. You're the perfect, the perfect person to give that kid love. I. This is the first time I've asked that part of the question where I've considered 
like the idea of also watching the kid grow up normally in my mind I'm thinking oh it's just the same kid every Sunday or Saturday forever but mm. now it's like you watch him grow up you learn about his life he's a jerk the whole time but you learn about him. totally yeah it just like reminds me of all of those like great movies of like grumpy old man it's like oh those are just like jerk little kids also but like <laughs> behind the jerk is this soft tender beautiful heart that just needs love and oh, feels yes. scared Oh my gosh! Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, well. I'll send the kid to you um, this upcoming Saturday. We can go from there. His name is Stephen, so just be looking for him. <laughs> All right, Stephen, oh I'm ready gosh. for you. <laughs> yes, he'll be prepared. Oh my gosh! Well, Kai, this has been this has been so good. How do people find you and your podcast and your website? Like, where do you want people to go if they're curious about what you're doing? Well, if you've listened to this and you would like to hear this voice more, I would say you could search for Feeling Weird uh, on whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on or, you know, things like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those. You can also find my Instagram at Feeling Weird Pod. And there is, as I say, no G in Feeling. It's Feeling Weird. Uh, Very (laughs) Is it the word colloquial? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. It can be. <laughs> so feeling weird. Uh, I'm really bad at, like, I've done, I've been a guest on podcasts, and, I, like, most of the time I just kind of, I'm like, oh, I don't know, you, you know, you'll find it or whatever. So I'm really trying to be like, feeling weird. <laughs> feeling <laughs> weird. Get that plug in as many times. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The G is unnecessary. It is mm-hmm. for people who have too much time on their hands, they put the G in there. The G is invisible, as they say. Yes, That's, absolutely. No that. We could, you said it, so said it works it. out. <laughs> there are you, so it's all working now. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, okay, I will put I will put all those links in the description box below, guys. Please go check out Kai's podcast and Instagram page. It truly was oh so life giving for me to come across you on the internet, as big and wide as Instagram can be. I'm happy that I'm happy that we connected. Yeah, me too. I didn't, like this was such a nice like in between doing my horrible taxes, just having this beautiful <laughs> conversation with someone I've never like spoken to in real life before. Wow, what a what a treat! <laughs> what like, a truly. treat for real. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I'm about to go get my second vaccine. Oh so yeah. So yeah, wish yeah. me luck. I hear. Okay. Yeah, I hear. It can be a little brutal on the second one, but we are we are saving the world. How are you feeling about needles that? Needles in our arms. I am honestly, I don't mind the fact that it might not feel good after because I want. I know I don't need an excuse to lay around and do nothing, but I would appreciate one yeah. to just lay around and do nothing. So I'm that. like, put the needle in my arm, give me the vaccine, let's do it. But yeah, I like okay. So maybe I don't know if you'll connect with this, but when I was like in my 20s, I kind of loved being hungover because then I could just be like, I'm doing nothing today. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I, I just needed that. Like I needed to rest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's just, it's kind of nice, especially when it's like a little rainy outside and you're like, well, I can't get up in yeah. the morning anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Aw, Jackie, I hope you can rest and I hope that it just, like, you can just embrace all of that, like, uh, lazy sloth inside of you that just, like, 
I don't know. I'm just imagining myself just <laughs> on the couch, just being like, I love this and like kind of looking like a little yes. slug. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That is exactly how I'm about to look. I will update you with sloth okay. <laughs> descriptions of myself. But, oh my gosh. Well, wish me luck, Kai. Thank you again so much for sharing your story and for opening up with me and whoever's listening to this podcast on the internet. You are deeply appreciated. And if you are ever down in the States or if I'm ever up in Nova, Nova Scotia, is that where you Nova are? Scotia. Yeah, Nova Scotia. Yes. Yeah. I'll give you a wave. I'll give you a big okay. wave. And wave at me. Yeah, I'll wave at you. We'll drink some coffee. It'll be great. Aww. Aww. Well, yeah, thank you so much for, uh, for reaching out to me. This was, yeah. So it was like, honestly, a pleasure to talk. Thank good, you. Good, absolutely. Well, Kai, good luck with your taxes and you have a good rest Ugh. of your day, okay? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'll see you later. Bye, Jackie. <laughs>